0: This is episode 11 of The Creative Outsiders, and I'm your host, Siobhan Hill. The Creative Outsiders is a collective of women storytellers that aim for sisterhood through a community that provides professional development for emerging filmmakers. Simply put, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dream. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Fanny Willis. And she's an award-winning filmmaker, actor, and director with more than 14 years' experience in the business. She has worked in both traditional and digital media for a vast array of brands, including Ford and Nissan. She also produced two seasons of of the TV show Dr. Vet for National Geographic, which aired in the U.S. and all over Latin America. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. I know that you are busy and you have a lot going on, but I'm really grateful that you took the time out today to talk to me so we can inspire some filmmakers.
1: Yes, of course. Thanks for having me.
0: So I always start off with asking everybody the same first question. Why filmmaking? Take us back to what was your defining moment that you decided to enter into the world of film?
1: Well for me, you know, I've I've been an actress since I'm three years old. I grew up in Venezuela, you know, in South America. And I was acting a lot. You know, I was doing theater, I was doing a little bit of um uh, film and everything like that. And then when I moved to the US I I moved to the US to pursue my you know, my college career. And uh I entered University of Colorado with a degree in theater, acting and directing. The reason I started making films was because I would never get cast in anything <laughs> and I knew I was a good actress, so it made no sense why. And um the dean of my my college kept uh encouraging me, quote unquote. To go to the Latino theater company in town. If I wanted to be cast. Because they would never cast me in any other place. That the school was putting up. Um, so I did so. I went to the Latino theater company. And I found a home. And it was beautiful. But at the same time. I felt like. Why do I need to go to the Latino theater company? Why can't I just be cast in. You know the general market. Like they say. Like I'm a person like anybody else. Um. So there was a professor in my school who really encouraged me to start writing and producing and creating parts for myself so that I could show that, you know, Latinos can be anything. We don't have to just be the stereotypes. So that was pretty much my, that was my the impetus, right, for me to start writing and producing. It started with theater, but then I wanted to reach more people, so I did my first short film So I have an experiment and I got, you know, I got bit, as you say. (laughs) So I started, I started creating short films, not just for myself, but for other talented Latino actors that I knew who were working uh, in Los Angeles. But, you know, the parts were very limited or they were usually stereotypes. So I just started writing to solve that problem. So I taught myself how to produce. And I, like I said, I had a a degree in directing theater and I sort of, you know, used that and translated it into the screen. And it's become like my mission ever since, you know, to create projects that are inclusive, that are diverse, and that showcase not only the Latino community, but other underrepresented groups in a different light.
0: And... Why do you think it's important for you to be able to give women and people of color the platform for their films? Why is that important to you?
1: Because, you know, representation matters. I grew up in, like I said, I grew up in Venezuela and I saw, like, I grew up watching my favorite movies, you know. Uh, like, uh, one of my favorite movies were, were like, um, uh, you know, the superhero movies or... Also, the, uh, I, I liked, um, drama and comedies. And I never thought once I moved to, to Hollywood that I didn't fit, you know, cause I, I saw myself in, in all those characters. And when I moved here and I was told, no, you can't be any of those characters simply because of your ethnicity. I said, but why not? I mean, I can be a lawyer. I can be. The teacher, the judge, I, why not? I can be the superhero. These are stories that I can relate to. You know, why do they have, to, why do the characters need to look a specific way? So, not only that, but, you know, I have two kids, so I'm really committed that when they see themselves on screen, right? People that look like them, it's not always the criminals. <laughs> <Right>. Because, <laughs> you know, we, As children, we do get inspired. We get inspired by what we see and we want to emulate. So it shouldn't be limited. It should not be limited because of our ethnicity. And lastly, I think, as you know, film is so powerful, such a powerful tool. And it informs the way others see us as a community, as peoples. So somebody might not ever met a you know, a woman like me from Venezuela or, or, or somebody like you, but they see a film and all of a sudden they can see our commonalities, right. Our humanity. Cause at the end of the day, we're, we're all the same. So it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> you know, I agree though. And I think that's a very good point where you said to, um, you know, kids, um, I don't have kids. Well, I have um, bonus kids but yeah I do want them to be able to when they look at film that you know the only depiction of them is that they are a criminal so I totally can understand where you're coming from from that and then just even thinking about that when we um write our stories that we don't like you say um stereotype a particular group any group mm-hmm that we are able to, you know, draw the characters and say you basically can be anything that you want to be in my film. And it doesn't have to be one specific role. So I definitely agree with you on that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So you mentioned um, briefly that you are the CEO. Well, I also did re- research the CEO of a production company. So we have a lot of women that listen in our collective that are either considering starting their own production company or already established one. Can you take us through the process of establishing it? And why was it important for you to empower the independent filmmaker?
1: So this is my second production company. I had one by myself before, um, you know the process of creating it is not that difficult. You know there are services like Legal Zoom. Like the first one that I created, I just pretty much did some research and I went to the the clerk, you know, the county clerk, and I just filled out my paperwork and I did it all by hand because I didn't know. <laughs> but you know, if you go to there are different services that are easier now, like Legal Zoom stuff like that, where you just click boxes and you know they form your corporation or your LLC for you. Um, I decided to open a new company with my partner, Nelson Grande, because, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I've been a filmmaker for 20 years now. That's crazy. Yeah, for 20 years. And <laughs> I found that there was very little help. You know, every filmmaker out there, we're sort of like, if you don't go to film school, right? We're sort of, even if you do go to film school, you still have to figure out so much on your own. And... And you just feel like you're alone, like nobody, you know, nobody gets it. Like, what is happening? Why is this so difficult? There are a few nonprofits out there that try to help, but, you know, it's just not enough, you know, for the amount of, of filmmakers that are, that are out there. So I I am of the idea, I truly believe that uh, independent filmmakers are the solution to the problem of the lack of diversity. Because if you go to film festivals, you know, the in, the very indie ones, you know, the grassroots, you see that those movies are being produced by filmmakers like us. They're very inclusive. As a matter of fact, I went to a panel at the uh, Palm Springs Film Festival years ago and they were telling us that uh, women make, make more short films than men. Because... Short films are more accessible, so I know that the content is being created, and if it's not being creating, it's created, is created is because there's just no support system. Mm-hmm. So I moved from being on the nonprofit supporting filmmakers on the nonprofit side to creating this film with my partner. It was actually his idea. He said, "You know what? This is a business because I I had been helping filmmakers for a long time, sort of as a hobby." <laughs> And he's like, you know, this is a business. We should open a company just to help filmmakers. And I said, yes, that's that's a great idea because I'm sort of doing it on the side. What if I could do out of passion, right? What if right. I could do this for a living and actually focus on really nourishing filmmakers, really being that team that a filmmaker needs, guiding people so that they don't have to suffer as much as I did for 20 years trying to figure things out. You know, mm-hmm. I still going to be difficult. But at right. least you have a partner. Yes. So that's what we did. We opened our company. We focus on diversity and uh, all the, you know, grassroots. A lot of the stuff that we do is grassroots. For example, we do a lot of crowdfunding. We teach people how to produce. So we also produce with them. When it comes to distribution, we also go grassroots, like a lot of, you know, social media, marketing or crowdfunding or crowdsourcing. Um, So everything that we do is like, okay, if you're done waiting for your project to get made and get the green light, you come to us and we just get it done. We're like whatever it takes kind of mentality. So we're in S as a team for hire, but we really, really care. And today we've helped raise over $700,000 via crowdfunding. We've also helped, yeah, in a year. We've helped distribute two films. Thank you. And we're producing a documentary about DACA, and we're producing other projects. Um, yeah, so we do we do a lot.
0: Yes, I do, because I started to like skim the website, and I was like, oh, I have so many questions. I was like, but I can't fit this all in our time. But one thing that stuck out, and um, what you said, as far as that you do provide the service for crowdfunding, and that's awesome that y'all have been able to um, help raise that amount of money in just a year. Like that's crazy. Um, but one comment that a person left, I believe it was um, one of your clients for her testimonial. He was saying how that he felt like because she had the followers that equal money, but oh, she. Yeah quickly realized that wasn't the case and that is the like I hear that so many times so I wanted to ask you just your opinion why do you think it's so hard for filmmakers to get funding like what are we doing wrong as indie filmmakers if you could say one thing
1: um i think it's just assuming like if you put it out there people we are just going to give cuz you're so awesome <laughs> like you know it's called a like, campaign for a reason you're supposed to campaign you know, <laughs> so, yeah, or, yeah, people just think they put it out there in the universe and it's going to happen. That's not how it works for the most part. Uh Even if you're a celebrity, we have some clients who are celebrities. I mean, you have to campaign. If you don't campaign, you're not going to get the results. Um, so, yeah, and also... Something that doesn't work is, like, assuming that people are going to give just because they're your friends or whatever. But you have to create a project that are going to move people. You have to create a campaign that is going to inspire people to contribute, to be a part of your movement. So I think that would be the biggest um, misconception.
0: Yes, that's funny because you do think, like, oh, I threw this up here, so somebody's going to... Just drop all this money off. No, that's not how it works at all. Got it. (laughs) So, you have done a feature film, um, Homebound. I want you to tell me a little bit about that, and then I'll ask you a few questions in reference to it.
1: Yeah, so this is pretty much, you know, I have been making uh, short films for a very long time. And then uh, I decided, okay, it's time to do a, I won a lot of awards, but nobody was knocking at my door saying, okay, I'll, you know, I'll sponsor your feature or whatever. (laughs) That just never happened. So, and you know, I pitched it here and there and just nobody was buying. So I said, okay, well, I guess I'll go to the community. And I started to, I did a a Kickstarter campaign. I was kind of one of the few people, one of the first ones in my community to do a Kickstarter I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Um, But you know what? I promised people, all I'm promising is that I'm going to make a film about Latinos without stereotypes. I didn't really elaborate much about the story. By the time, it was something that really inspired people and made people want to get behind it. So I did my Kickstarter campaign. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing, so I failed. (laughs) But... I didn't quit. I said, I'm going to keep going. So I created another page to do another crowdfunding campaign. And we raised enough, you know, we raced enough for the shoot. Um, we also, by by the time we did that, um, people were already, like, excited. So where we filmed, we filmed in Texas in a small town called El Campo. And they had heard about our fundraising efforts. And so people were showing up on set with food or, you know, with with fancy cars or, you know, they wanted to be extras. They just really believed in the mission of creating a film about an American family who just happens to be a Latino family without stereotypes. So it was beautiful. And then after that, you know, we finished the film. It came out really well for such a small movie. And then we couldn't sell it. <laughs> it's like oh my gosh when do i get a break so (laughs) so we decided to well i decided really unilaterally i was like i'm gonna go back to the community and say you know what you guys helped me make this film and they're telling me there's no there's no market for it but i know i know that's not true so will you guys help me distribute the film so, what happened was, uh, there's a platform called Tug, T U G G. And on that platform, people can request a film at their local movie theater for like a special screening. And all you have to do as a, as a filmmaker is pre sell a certain number of tickets. Okay. And it's the, yeah, and it's the, the, the regular cost of a film. So, I got to work. I got people really excited. And we had, uh, eleven screenings all over the country, and these are our major commercial um movie theaters. I'm I'm talking AMC, Lemley, stuff like that. And these screenings became like the talk of the town. You know, mm-hmm. like I remember we went to Laredo, and they gave the key of the of the city to one of our actors who's from there. You know, he was beautiful. Oh, that was nice. yeah we would have like red carpets and all these things you know like people really took it on it was amazing it was beautiful after that I did a a college uh, tour with it then eventually a small um, sales agent saw the film and he got us distribution you know so the movie right now is on TV all over North and South America so so that was great so you know it was successful. Mm-hmm. And that's how other filmmakers started contacting me. Like, how did you do this? How do I do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so that's why we opened this film, this, this company, because I was coaching filmmakers on the side. And uh, so that's, you know, that's pretty much a uh, homebound. It was a lot of work, but it was, and it was extremely difficult, but you know, I am where I am because of this film.
0: So in that process with um, doing your first feature through, well, with Homebound, is there anything looking back now with all of the lessons and what you know, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Yeah, you know what? You need to be very careful who you affiliate yourself with. And, you know, we all hear it. the, The business is really difficult. So I know that the, politically correct answer is like oh no i wouldn't do it i wouldn't change anything oh I wouldn't be here but i you know there are certain people that i probably wouldn't work with Mm -hmm. but i was so desperate to get it made and to just so passionate about it that i got involved with people that shouldn't have been a part of it so i would think so my advice is to really know the people that you're working with and figure out what their intentions are and that you're on the same page, like you have the same mission with the project, you know?
0: Right. So, that yeah. Sense. That makes sense. And you said also at the end that you uh, did end up being able to get a distribution bill. Can you tell us a little snapshot of how does that work? Um, because I know a lot of indie filmmakers have like a misconception when it comes to distribution. Um, mm-hmm. So how does that exactly work?
1: Distribution is... It's its own monster. If you think producing a movie is hard, oh my goodness! <laughs> distribution is something else. I heard something. I heard somebody said there are about a million movies looking for distribution right now. Wow! So you can go the regular route, the traditional route, which is you get a, you know, a sales agent. How do you get a sales agent? Usually, you win a couple of festivals, or, or you ask your fellow filmmakers to recommend a sales agent and. If they like the movie, they take you on. And then what they do is they take the film to all these film markets. Hopefully they have relationships with buyers already. And, you know, they can sell the film to one person. Or they can sell parts of the film. Meaning, like, they can sell it to, you know, different territories and things like that. Um, But a lot of times what happens if you go the traditional way... If you don't get an advance, which is like, let's say a studio wants to buy your film and they say, okay, I'm going to give you advance $10,000 for your film. is an advance from the, from what I think the film is going to make, right? Mm -hmm. So, a lot of times filmmakers won't see a penny besides the, after the advance, they just won't. Because, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money marketing. So. And I don't know, a lot of, not studios, but a lot of buyers get really creative with their accounting. So you'll hear it by so many, so many filmmakers that they sold their film and they never sold money. So you gotta be really careful with that. It does work for some people, of course, like with everything. If you have stars, if, you know, if you're really aggressive, if you can prove like you can get money back, then you'll get more money for your movie. For me, my philosophy is like just, you know, take the film directly to your fans, to your audience. So that's my thing. I feel like it gives you more power. Nowadays, because of all the platforms available, you know, digital platforms and everything else, I feel like we have more more control as filmmakers. You can sell parts of your film and you can keep others. So... I mean, it would take hours for me to explain the whole <laughs> distribution process, but um for me the way to go is to really just do it yourself and keep your product and own your product and you know partner with other people to distribute it. That's just my my philosophy of work. I
0: agree. <laughs> I agree with you. Um So also during this journey as a filmmaker and evolving and growing and recognizing that you have the gift to be able to help people and you have an awesome team behind you as well as for the production company, you are also a mom. So, um, (laughs) so how are you able to balance or find balance or is there balance? Um, because a lot of women that follow us are um we have a wide variety but we do have a lot of moms so that's something that they do ask about
1: yeah i mean it's it's hard right (laughs) the way i do it listen i'm lucky i have an amazing family who's you know also i had my kids really young (laughs) i don't recommend that but i had them really young so now when my you know, my career is really thriving. My son's 18. He's out, you know, he he's in college. My other son's 15. So I don't have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but the first few years, you know, my family was was key. So I would think this is my advice. Just create a team, create a team around your life. You know, as it takes a village, it takes a village. You know, your family, other 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 moms, like really create a team of people who can support you and you can support them. And to me, you know, being a mom is the most important thing. So you you get inspired. Mm-hmm. They fuel you. They also keep you grounded, right? Like you don't have any delusions of what's really important in life because you know it so you don't get so so you know so into this business right <laughs> um, but it really does require help like getting help i have clients who are moms and i tell them okay want to put the your be- your kid to bed to for for a nap call me <laughs> so anything is possible i had a, i have a client Laura Summers we did two of her campaigns we did a campaign for production and one for distribution and she's a mom so uh, she that's how we were doing it when the baby was asleep boom or i would say do a video but my son's up okay use your son like <laughs> you know you just you know if you're committed to something you're going to make it work
0: you are I believe uh, you are going to make it work so what project are you working on currently for yourself
1: i'm not really working on anything for myself i have some ideas in my head Right now, I'm working for my clients. Um, one of the projects is very near and dear to my heart, which is a documentary about DACA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you know, it's very, very timely. Yes. And uh, I'm actually the director of the documentary. So that's what I'm working on right now. We're working uh, on several projects. Uh, but yeah, I am, I am, I'm starting to think... About my next film. <laughs> it's like, do I wanna go through that again? And then I say, yes, yes, because I know better now. So I think it's gonna be a lot more rewarding and I'm beautiful. So,
0: okay. anyway. So, um, your last two questions What are you reading right now? Are there any books that you're reading right now that you wanna suggest?
1: I'm not, and you know what is weird because I usually I'm reading something, and I'm just so busy. Uh, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not reading anything right now. I'm watching a lot of TV lately. Yeah, the 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 shows are amazing. Yeah. Okay. What are you watching right now? (laughs) So I just got into Ray Donovan.
0: (laughs) I haven't watched that. I haven't watched.
1: I never did either, and I started watching it like a month ago, and I'm caught up. Can you imagine? I've watched five seasons. That's what
0: happens, though. You get hooked, and it's like, okay, let me just watch all of it.
1: Yeah, I'm watching Shameless. I'm watching, you know, a lot of HBO stuff. Uh, There's a lot of great stuff. I I think, like, tv and film are one and the same we're so lucky we're so lucky yeah. right now there's so much good stuff out there We are. um not just to watch but you know to be a part of like uh, it's really exciting it's really really exciting
0: it is so um are there any uh clients projects that you are working on that you want to name specifically so we can support and follow yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Uh, So we have a big campaign we're doing with John Leguizamo. He's doing a Broadway show called Line History for Morons. (laughs) Okay. And our client has been filming the process, the creative process to, you know, bringing the show to Broadway. Mm -hmm. And it's taken him four years. He's been following him behind the scenes for four years. So uh, if everybody that's listening goes to fund John's... Doc, like documentary, funjohnsdock.com or just go to Indiegogo and search for Latin history for morons. And if you guys can support it, truly appreciate it.
0: That sounds good. Yes, so make sure you support and let us know how we can keep in touch with you, keep in touch with what you have on going on, um, and just how we can keep up with you.
1: So the best way to do it is on Facebook. Just look me up, Fanny Velise. Um, And also you can write us uh, Our website is Avenida Like Avenue in Spanish Avenida A-V-E-N-I-D-A dot TV
0: Uh, And just send me a message And you can get a hold of me Okay And you know that you can keep up with the creative outsiders You can go to our Instagram Our Facebook And as well as our website And if you aren't caught up with our shows You can go back and listen We've had some really great guests And I just want to thank you again for participating and dropping some really good information on us so we can be the best indie filmmakers that we can be. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Until next time, make sure that you are out there filming. No excuses. Get it done.